Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Hello. Um, eventful time, as always. I feel like we say that every week, uh, but it was eventful. Um, so we're going to get right on into it um, and start as always with the premier league um there were a couple of like odd like extra games in the middle of this like week yeah a couple of of makeup games um so we'll talk about those first and then we'll go into like the actual weekend games um so um probably very shortly after this was posted um or right around when it was or this episode well uh last week's episode was posted can't speak Mm. um city was playing spurs um the funny thing about this is that i missed all but the last two minutes of the first half because i sat down to watch it and there was some issue with my peacock account that i ended up having to get on the phone to my mother who (laughs) is you know for those of you who don't know across the country we do not live in the same time zone to try to like sort it out because it's like a family, you know, peacock account yeah. that my parents and stuff use. Um, anyway, it took us the whole like 45 minutes of the first half to like sort out the problem so that I could watch the game. Right. So I turn it on just in time to see city get scored on twice, which was what? super, super cute, super fun, super fresh. Um, you know, loved, loved to see that, especially, um, considering some lackluster performances that had come before it. But nonetheless, um, I will not pretend like you all don't know, didn't hear what happened um, because City stormed back in the second half, scored four goals unanswered and won 4-2, um, which I do think has the potential. Obviously, it's still too soon to see. We'll have to wait a while to know. But I think that that second half has the potential to be a season turning point for city but nonetheless i think it it was really important for um them to to have that second half performance but i do want to briefly discuss actually not so much the performance but what pep said after yeah um if you follow city closely at all or if you followed previous pep teams or you pay attention to the media around it you will know pep like i literally cannot remember a single time when Pep has like openly actively criticized his own team. He he will say sometimes, you know, we didn't play our best or whatever. Like he'll he'll say that. Like we he'll say we got outplayed if when they lose. Um but I cannot think of a single time where he has like gone off. And post the Tottenham game, which if you remember, they came, they scored four unanswered goals in the second half to win 4-2. He went off. Yeah. Um, he was on one after that game. He was really, really critical of – he's been talking for a couple weeks about the attitude um, around the squad and, and body language is how he's been saying it, which I think is code for attitude, but he's been saying body yeah. language a lot. That's sort of been his buzzword recently. And he went off after the game about how um, everybody 
from the fans to the club to the players are much are far too comfortable winning games that they have become complacent yeah and that um and I actually saw a weird it was a weird criticism of it only because I don't think they listened to his entire thing. Whereas somebody after the game from ESPN, I think it was ESPN, it might've been Sky Sports. Somebody from after one of the podcasts I listened to were like, well, isn't that his job to like motivate them? And I was like, my guy, please like go back and listen to it because he said, that's my job. He literally said the words, that's my job. I have to do it. Yeah. Um, I have to motivate them. Um, So point being he kind of went off about the complacency and the lack of sort of desire and, and sort of like passion. Like he feels that the passion is, is, has gone out from them. Um, that not only this, the team, the players in and of itself, um, but the fans he was very critical of as well. He, I think he was very much trying to provoke a reaction from his players Um he was trying to sort of poke the bear, so to speak, um, to try to get their their blood up again. And he talked about how Arsenal is hungry for it in a way that City is not because yes. Arsenal have not won a league in 20 years. Yeah. And City, have won, four of, and City have won four of the last five. Right. Yeah. So, so that there is a, a complacency and a, and a sort of, there's almost this idea of like, and this is an understandable thing, this right? Is, you can I understand I, I, I why everybody would sense. feel this way, but there's this almost this attitude of like, and and I feel this as well that like if City doesn't win the league this year, like whatever. Like, I also think obviously that... we want to win. Like I want to win, but I'm not gonna be like. I'm not going to be like over my get like I'm not going to have a meltdown if we don't right but I also think that all of you I feel like we talked about this too is like you guys are gunning for the Champions League like in all honesty like I feel like and we'll talk about this a little bit later with Arsenal too like like if I had to ask a City fan do you want to win the league or do you want to win the Champions League I feel like they would say Champions League without a doubt because and almost like they would rather City put their effort into the Champions League when it comes back. Yes. And I think because they've but never I think won the it. problem right yes, of course. And I agree. I I don't think I disagree with anything you said, but I think where Pep disagrees is Pep thinks they can win it all. Yeah. And and I'll be honest, I think if if the pieces, you know, if, if everything's clicking, I agree. I think they absolutely this is a team that absolutely can win it all. Yeah. But this is a this is a team this team has all the pieces to win a treble. Like this right. is the type of team that is capable of doing that. Yeah. Um, and that's something they that have Pep the depth, wants, they right? have the talent, they have the coach. Like that's what is something so Pep is I think frustrated in of that sort of attitude, but you're not wrong. Like I think if you went up to a city fan and myself included, if you ask me today, right now. You can only have one. Which one do you want? I the Champions League. I want yeah. the Champions League. Yeah. Because I've won four of the last five Premier Leagues. I've done that. Been there, done that. Yeah, recently. been there, done that is right. Like a lot. So it sort of loses its um its sparkle in a way. Like it's like, oh great, we've won another league. 
<laughs> Which sounds awful, right? Like that sounds it does, so terrible. to me whose team hasn't won in two decades. So, and I can understand why people who are not fans of City are like, "That's so fucking obnoxious." Like yeah. that's so. Point being, Pep is very, very rarely critical. He was very, very critical after that game, um, and you know, but nonetheless, it was an important three points that City very much needed um, going into the weekend. Yeah, and going into the weekend, um, we'll just rattle off some of these games, I think, as we as we normally do. Um, Newcastle and Crystal Palace tied. Um, I didn't watch this game, uh, but Newcastle dropping points is always fun in a top four race, so I don't think it really impacts all that much, but here we are. Um, West Ham beats Everton. Now, we want to speak a little bit to this because Everton, big trouble, and they do finally, finally, fire Frank Lampard as their coach. Yeah, they um, have finally, finally done that. Which I feel like um, there wasn't much else to be done. No. Um, I think it's still up in the air about who will take over that spot. So we will obviously pay attention to that i know bielsa was on the top of a list that i saw yeah i haven't um paid a super a lot of attention to what's been going around in the rumors today so i haven't seen if they've they've named anybody or if they've discussed anybody's specifics but um they did finally finally fire frank lampard which i think you know was I, everybody could see coming yeah uh, i mean there away. wasn't much else they could do um no and they they had to they have, they have to. to like they they're in actually some extremely serious trouble so yeah they're um, in they're in some pretty deep pretty yeah. deep shit um, um but saturday was actually kind of a boring day yeah. of games unlike sunday which we'll get to in a minute um but uh you know i i set an alarm for the early liverpool chelsea game and then did i my alarm went off and i woke up and went mm, i'm rather sleep which um and it turns very, out that was a very good call very good choice <laughs> um i again uh, it was like 7:30 for me compared to the 5:30 for you so like i was awake so i wasn't mm-hmm. like forcing myself up for this game i did watch it in my bed thankfully i didn't get out to watch it on my like tv in my living room because this game was boring. This game was a snore. The announcer, which was the funniest thing, was like, in like a very flat tone, was like, we are currently watching a game between two mid-level teams. <laughs> like, so yeah. unsatisfied. So just, like, disappointed. From um, that shit show. Do you want to speak to City v. Wolves quickly? Yeah. Um, This was much more um, what I like to see from City. It was a Holland hat trick. Um, Graylish played great. Mares played well. Uh, Rico Lewis played and looked fantastic i'm yeah. so 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 happy he's with been how such he's been a bright playing. spot for a city he has been he has been such a bright spot he's literally 18 years old and he's doing he's so mature on the ball like he, he looks so comfortable he doesn't make mistakes yeah um he has a calmness knows, about him yeah he's like not fr- sometimes young players can be a little bit frantic on the ball which like yeah granted makes it he like he has the ball no. at his foot and you're like he's, he's so gonna put the ball somewhere good like that's like he never he since he first started getting playing time with the first team he has never once looked nervous yeah like he looks like he belongs there and I actually heard somebody say something interesting in the sense that 
Pep Guardiola came to the club when Rico Lewis was maybe 11 or 12, right? (laughs) And then he was 11 or 12 years old when Pep Guardiola took over the first team. And that a lot of, you know, and this is true at all clubs, but I think they, Pep particularly implemented it at City, in which the style and the tactics of the first team trickle down all the way through the academy. Yeah. So, So Rico Lewis has been a student of Pep style football since he was 11 or 12 years old. Yeah. And that is what we're seeing. Nonetheless, yes. point being, um, it, this was a very, very good. Rico Lewis was phenomenal. I was very happy with it. This was Holland's fourth Premier League hat trick of the year. Um, he is, he did it in, you know, what was it? 19, 20 games, 19 games, something like that. Um, and this is for the record, the, the next highest, um, like the next fastest to four Premier League hat tricks is like 60 something games. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's ridiculous. I believe the record for hat tricks in a season is five. Um, again, this was Holland's fourth. He's now at 25, I believe, goals for the Premier League season, um, which would apparently have been enough goals to have won the Golden Boot in 16 seasons since the invention of the modern Premier League in the 90s. So 16 times 25 goals is enough to have won it. And we're only halfway through the season. Yep. So I... Yeah. Look, it's been pretty clear from about seven games in that there wasn't going to be a golden boot race this year. No. There I is don't think no anyone race. thought there was going to be. Um, here's what I really want. De Bruyne is on 11 assists. Oh, the yeah. Premier League record is 20. Now, De Bruyne got robbed of it a few years ago because they didn't count an assist that they absolutely should have. I and I'm that. still angry about it. Yeah. He tied the record a couple years ago um, and he, when he should have broken it. So I'm like, all right, Kev. Now or never. 10 more, my guy. Let's do it. Let's yeah. see it happen. Yeah. That's what I want. Holland's going to win the golden boot. Whether Whatever happens the rest of the season, Holland's winning the golden boot. Um, I was Holland could get injured and not Holland, play any more games and would still win. And win the Golden Boot, yes. Um, <laughs> that's, Holland that's not going to happen. Another, that's not going to happen. But, like, Holland could score zero goals for the rest of the season. He'd still win the Golden Boot. That's not going to happen. I think I'm. he's going to break 30 at least. Um, oh, yeah. But, you know, nonetheless, I want De Bruyne to, w- to break the assist. Yeah, record. I think. That is what yeah. I want this season. Yeah. Um, I actually think I want that more than the title. <laughs> I want that so bad. I That's can't even a... tell you. Just, who's I think gonna, because he got robbed there? of it a couple of years oh, ago. Like, it just, I All seethe right. about that I internally. don't know what to say to you about that. Um, we're going to move on. Um, so quickly, Leeds-Brentford. We have some things to say about Leeds otherwise, though I would like to say Leeds didn't get scored on. Good on them. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Drawing with Brentford, honestly, I would say probably is a decent result for Leeds. Yeah, Brentford um, is is in like ninth, no eighth, 
maybe. I don't know. They're high. They're higher than seventh, eighth. They're higher than they're higher than Liverpool and Chelsea. <laughs> there you go. Um, um, but I think we're gonna talk about. Do you want to talk about the? Yeah, let's talk about the leaves thing. Um, so okay. very very compelling. We have pretty strong reason to believe that Weston McKinney um, will be moving to Leeds imminently. Um, this started as very quiet whispers a couple of days ago. And then as of yesterday, or it might've been this morning, I don't remember, um, the infamous, you know, here we go, Fabrizio Romano, um, mm-hmm. tweeted that personal terms have been agreed to. They're just, um, between Juventus and Leeds, they are just sorting out. I the, heard that McKinney um, had given like a verbal, like, yes to the Yeah. Contract. So personal yeah. teams, personal terms have been like, what McKinney's contract at Leeds would look like has been hammered out. It's just like the transfer fee between the clubs is what is not, you know, finished yet. I am going to be honest. I think it's happening Um, with, with that being said, I think it's happening, but I do think it's interesting. And I want to talk about why I think it's interesting and why I think it's happening. Um, Here's the thing. He is an absolute fucking steal for Leeds. Weston McKinney is very, 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 very good. Yes. And here's the thing. I, you and I also think very, very, very highly of Tyler Adams and, and Brendan Aronson. Yeah. But they had a lower profile amongst the European teams going into where they're at with Leeds yeah. than Weston McKinney does. Weston McKinney has a lot more value on the transfer market already. He was playing at Juventus like yeah. Aronson came from Salzburg Adams from Leipzig yeah McKinney is coming from Juve like that's a big jump he's got Champions League goals under his belt he has got a lot of you know starting and a lot of playing time at one of Italy's biggest clubs um, yeah. and one of the world's biggest clubs yeah now obviously Juve has just been docked 10 12? 15, 10, 15 something. Points? Something like that. Something. It's dropped into like 10th of, place or something ridiculous like that. For some sort of financial humbo, mumbo jumbo. I, I don't understand what it is. I don't really understand Anyway, they've but... just been docked a bunch. Of, they've just been penalized a bunch of points. So yeah. Juve is in, and Juve was already in trouble. They, like, let's be yeah, clear. They, it wasn't Juve like was already were... in trouble. Yes. Um. So they, them sort of like, Players A, players wanting to leave that shit show and or them being needing to get rid of players so they can rebuild. That's not surprising. I do think many people consider and I saw this. There is a lot of sort of discussion of is McKenney too good for Leeds? Like is McKenney to Leeds a step down? And in some ways it is. But I want to talk about why I think it's a good idea. One, I don't think this this obvious, I think this pretty obviously does not happen if Tyler Adams and Brendan Aronson are not already both at least. Yes. This does not happen no. if that yeah. is not already the case. Um, I think that's pretty clear that it doesn't happen. So I think that's why Leeds is able to even be in this, you know, Weston McKinney radar right right? I don't think he's even on the McKinney radar but I think this is a good idea because what we've talked about what we vaguely alluded to earlier and I think because of Christian Pulisic's situation at Chelsea that's why I make I think this is a good idea yeah because 
yes, Juve is obviously a team that is globally on just as, you know, should be on an even par with Chelsea. It's different because of the league that they're in. And I don't want to get into the argument of like, which league is the best league to be in or which league is the highest, you know, whatever. I don't want to have that debate. But I think that at the end of the day, the most valuable place for American players to be is the Premier League. Yeah. Because if you think about it this way, in Spain, which and I love the Spanish League, and I think they have very play very high quality, you know, football. But in order to feel like you can, there's a lot less to compete for. The, the, oh yeah. The there's three big teams that one of the three of them always wins. Like the same is true for the Bundesliga, right? And and. McKinney has played in the Bundesliga before. As obviously, that's where Adams came from. But, you know, as is the Bundesliga, as is true of the French League, you know, there's there's the comp- interleague competition is, yes, it's not any 20 of the teams in the Premier League could win it. But there's, if you think about the fact that Chelsea and Liverpool are in ninth and 10th, like, that's what I mean. And, like, Fulham is in seventh, right? Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, and I think that the Premier League has the most traction in the U.S. by far. And so American players are more valuable commercially yeah. to English clubs than they are to anybody else because the Premier League already has so much viewership in the U.S. that you get an American player and suddenly, you know, whatever. But I think that the problem is I think I think in hindsight, in hindsight, of course, it's 2020, but I think obviously Dortmund is a great club. I'm a Dortmund supporter. I love it. But I think that Christian Pulisic overshot himself. Yes. And we talked about this too. Yes. Like we've talked about this before. I think Christian Pulisic going from Dortmund to Chelsea was a mistake. Yeah. I think he should have gone to more of a mid-table team. We always talk about West Ham. Then jump. <laughs> yeah. They're not very good this year, but aside from that aside from that they used to be like in fifth or sixth place a mid-table team Europa League team maybe on the you know a Leicester style in their heyday you know those Arsenal Wolves in their Arsenal but that's my point but I mean like or even at the time Arsenal like yeah you know those sort of at the time that he was making that move in the sense that I think that like he put himself in a position where it was much harder for him to succeed. And I don't begrudge someone like choosing to challenge themselves or wanting to be in the most competitive environment, but I think he overshot it. Um, Cause he's been there a couple years now. I think he either needed a couple more years at Dortmund or he needed to go somewhere, you know, a little bit more in the middle in terms of, because I know Dortmund is like the number two club in Germany, but I think like, it's really difficult to go from there to the Premier League. It's just, it's just yeah. the whole thing, like whatever. Anyways, so I think that a place like Leeds is a very soft place for McKinney to land in the sense that he is going to be a star at Leeds. That whether or not, how, wherever Leeds ends up this year, and I do not believe they will be relegated. Yeah. Um, especially if they get Weston McKinney. But even if they don't, I don't think they're going to get relegated. But especially if they get Weston McKinney, 
wherever they end up in the table, you know, it's unlikely that that's going to be in the top 10, but wherever they end up in the table, he's going to have suddenly a lot more eyes on him in a sort of very positive way. And if leads don't do well, it's not going to be McKinney's fault that they don't do well. McKinney's yeah. not, and, and he's also not going to lack for playing time. The starting, him and Tyler Adams are going to start in midfield together. Yeah. And they know each other very well. They play alongside each other very well. They've been playing alongside each other since they were kids. Um, they're very, you know, they all, and, you know, continue to do so with the national team. I just think this is a good move for everybody. Yeah. And it's funny because I heard too, like there were whispers of like, oh, was Arsenal looking at him to like sure up their midfield type thing? Because mm-hmm. if Thomas Partey gets injured, I think we're screwed. Um, But he wouldn't have really been playing, right? Yeah. Like he wouldn't really have been playing at Arsenal, like maybe, but he would have been a sub. So I think that like he might have been he might have been this style. And I don't know if Pep if Arteta will eventually want to do the same thing that Pep does, in which Pep likes to get have two elite guys that are in the same position so that they push each other um, and they compete with each other so that everybody's at their their sharpest. I don't know if Arteta will go down that route as well, but that could have been a reason that you wanted somebody like McKinney um, to sort of challenge him to challenge Partey for that spot. Right. But um, nonetheless. This is a very, very valuable player to add for Leeds. I think it helps Leeds a lot. I think it gets McKenny out of a bad situation in Juve, and Juve get to offload some players that probably were are going to want to leave anyway. Yeah. So I hope it goes through. I hope it works out well. I think it could be very good. I agree. All right. Should we talk about the game of the weekend? Yeah. Um, I would like to say before we discuss Arsenal v Man United is that I did die. I have since come back to life, but um, I don't think I was very coherent. Kat had to listen to all of my text messages of me like slowly dying and like into a puddle of disaster this entire game. Yeah. Um, let's just start from the beginning, I guess. Um. I think everyone was looking at this game. I think Man United has obviously been like has obviously they beat City. They've obviously been on like this upward trend. They are also the only team who has beaten Arsenal this season. They beat them earlier in the year. This game was being played at the Emirates, which I think very much helped out Arsenal. Um basically what happens, Rashford scores first. Now Rashford is on an absolute goddamn rampage. He's great. The goal was impressive. He turned Partey around whoop, and scored. Listen, Beautiful. listen. I hate Man United. I hate them so, so, so much. I love Marcus Rashford. Yeah. He and I'm so happy world. this game doing well. I wish he could do well and Manchester United still lose. Yeah, me too. Um, but that which I guess they did. That that did actually happen in this it game. It did happen. But um, I wish that would happen more often because yeah. I, I hate watching Man U win. But I do love Marcus Rashford singing. It's like me with Son and Spurs. Oh, well. Um, anyway, so normally if this was Arsenal, I would have been like, oh, actual like shoot. But you know, Arsenal is good this year. And it took us like five minutes. We equalized. Ninketia, honestly, 
is asking the questions of like, why the hell do we need Gabriel Jesus? Not actually, but um, potentially. So we're tied going into the half and then we come back out and Saka is like, yo, it's my turn. This goal was ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculous. I think he was facing like the opposite sideline and shot and the ball just woo, curved all the way in to the far corner. Ridiculous. If you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. It was insane. The crazier thing too is that like not that much long after, A, Luke Shaw, what were you doing giving him that much space? Because Saka went and almost did the exact same thing again. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway. Arsenal feel like we kind of felt like we're sailing and then uh, Man United, of course, had to tie it up with a potentially bad goalkeeping move by Ramsdale, but whatever. Um, not the best. You can understand why he did what he did, but I think not he should have punched it. I honestly think that he was trying to catch it. And I think yeah. he should have punched in that I situation. Agree. Again, Again, maybe not the best judgment call, but not like a horrific error no I I think it was good that he came out again he's a young goalkeeper he made some terrific saves as well in this game that I think negate that um anyway in classic fashion I'm like I'm done I can't I can't um I I was taunting a little bit I won't lie I was giggling the whole I I was like are you dead I know and we had this whole conversation which I think is per like it's so funny because I'm not used to like if like last season of Arsenal and United went into a game together honestly like I don't think necessarily either team would have been like the expected winner right like we did have an interesting conversation about it yeah yeah, right but like because Arsenal's in first Arsenal is expected to win this game and all the pre- like, it feels like so much so different because suddenly, like, and you were saying like you're no longer the underdog. Like we're not the underdog anymore. And I think that as fans, we don't really know what to do with that. I especially don't. Um, and like, you were like, it's a weird thing. What to be I upset said about I said I said you are experiencing now that you can be upset rather than being the underdog. Yeah. Um. Which is such an like odd when you because like essentially you went from having your expectations were always to lose. So when you won, it was like this great positive. But losing or tying was like not the end of the world because that's what you expected. When your expectations are low; they can only be you can only be surprised, right? Now you, I think, begrudgingly, you don't want them to be, but they are slowly forcing you to. Um, it's because every single time. I'm like, oh, your expectations are up a little bit. Yeah. Your expectations are up a little bit, which makes it worse. (laughs) Which makes it worse. And the problem is, and it's true, it's also bad because Arsenal tends to tease you. They're like, ooh, we're going to be good. We win like a few games and then they like lose like five games. They obviously have not been doing that this season. And obviously, (laughs) they come back in this game and score a goal in the 90th minute to win. And that is something that like would never have happened. And, like, I was listening to someone talk about it. I think this is true. They were talking about the game, and they were like, you never really felt like Arsenal was going to lose. It almost felt like it was inevitable that in the last 20 minutes or so, whatever, 15? I don't know how long. Yeah, however many minutes, 
that Arsenal was going to score and win. Mm-hmm. There was a you could feel it in the players, you can hear it in the stands, and that I think is weird. Because like they I don't think the players thought they were going to lose. I think they fully thought they were going to score and they went for it and Man United sat back as if we're okay with a tie. And Arsenal was like, no, we can win. And I haven't seen, like, that mentality is, like, an extra step up. And it's something that you see from, like, the top teams. And that was shocking to see, I think. Because that's, like, I think the understanding of we can win compared to, like, oh, like, who knows? Like, I don't think they ever doubted that they were going to win. I think that sort of alludes to that thing you sent me on Instagram in the sense of Zinchenko sort of experience as someone who has won titles in Arsenal's locker room in the sense that I think I think you sent me something where he said something along the lines of like we're gonna win the league like we can go at the beginning of the season at the beginning of the season he said we can go win the league and then at the time some guys laughed at him they're not laughing now and I think there's an attitude and a confidence that comes from Zinchenko won it three times something like that a bunch of times yeah. you know several times with city um that he has an experience that they don't that the rest of that locker room doesn't um and you need which that is, yeah you need to have some something somebody like that so and i think that's you know i love zinchenko at city i was sad to see and him i go, think too so. like another aspect of it is i think that everyone was right to be worried post world cup when he like jesus was not going to be playing yeah. like nanketia is good but he's never really been a like been our starter mm-hmm. and i think the fact that he's just come in and basically proven like arsenal you could win the league with him right yeah. like i i think you, you make the argument that if jesus does come back and we keep playing if we've kept playing the same way that you keep Nketiah in. Like, you don't change Uh that. And I think that that has sparked something. Someone was joking. They were like, oh, Nketiah is the oldest. He's 23. He's the oldest in the front line. That's ridiculous. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season goes. I will say this, Even Zinchenko, we didn't pay for that much. Anyway, sorry. Here's what I will be interested to see. Arsenal is going to hit a speed bump at some point. Oh, God, yeah. Now, there's it's inevitable. There's too many games left in the season. They're gonna have. They're gonna lose to somebody. They're gonna, you know, they're They're gonna have fifty points in the second half of the season. They're not. Yeah, they're not gonna go on. They're not gonna go unbeat. Um, they're not gonna win out. The question is gonna be. I'm actually not. I'm not super worried about how they're gonna respond. I feel like you are gonna catastrophize. As soon as I like, if Arsenal, for example, we'll talk about about it. Or I guess I don't think we have anything else to talk about in the Premier League, so we can just talk about it right now. Mm. But if in the FA Cup game this Friday, I think if if City beats Arsenal, I think you're going to start catastrophizing. It's so funny because I don't know if I. Here's the thing: I've been thinking about like this, like no, not no. the fact that you lost in the FA Cup, but you're gonna be like, oh my god, they can beat us! Oh my god, they can beat us! Oh my god, they can okay, beat us! Okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> I have the op. Wait, oh, this is funny because I've actually thought about this, and I actually think 
I'd rather lose the city on Friday instead of getting complacent by beating them on Friday and then losing. I like I'd rather no, like, I have I'm the warning saying... shot on Friday and beat them in the Premier League. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying th- I think that very well could happen with the team. I feel like you are so like anxiety I'm just prone, stressed out these days, and stressed out about Arsenal that yeah. if. For example, and I by no means think this is going to happen. In fact, I will eat my hat if this happens. But like, if for example, they came out on Friday and City like blew them out, there's not a chance in hell that happens. I don't but know, if man. That happens, fucking wood, would you? You would. You. I will not be knocking on wood about that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would love if that happens. There's no chance in hell that's happened. This is so but funny. But if by some, oh, God. <laughs> if some universe that that happened, like, I think you would lose your mind. Like, I think you would, you would start mind. to get paranoid. You would start problem, to get even okay. more paranoid than you already are. Okay, You're already yes. so paranoid. I think I that some, would just push you over a little edge of paranoia. I have some points. I have some points to make. A, I think this is really, really funny because for the first time, not even in, like, the history of this podcast, but, like, in the history of us really being, like, not friends, but, like, soccer like intense friends our teams are like finally kind of like at the same rivals. point where they can be rivals so yeah we've never, really we've never had this, before, this and this yeah. is very entertaining I think for both of us I think that we also I think it's more entertaining that I'm the one hunting you yeah because I'm freaking out because if and... you were hunting because if you were hunting me I think personality wise I'd be like you're not gonna catch me you're not gonna catch me and you'd be like I'm not I'm not <laughs> no, I this is the, I think that this too might just be the mentality of an Arsenal fan is this like also maybe the mentality of like a Philadelphia sports fan like I feel like mm-hmm. with the Eagles right now in this like playoffs like everyone's like we suck like we're terrible we're not gonna do it like, we're trash we're tra- nobody like, talks I, nobody talks shit about their own team more than a Philly sports fan yeah which is why I think that like definitely comes off in me being like to this like this to Arsenal the problem I think right now the problem is 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 that they are giving me hope hope in a way that you've become cautiously used to winning yeah and the problem is is that you don't know how to deal with that I don't know how to deal with it because they haven't consistently ever shown that like they have had glimpses in your lifetime yeah yeah sorry sorry real like I mean technically technically. in our lifetime as fans they have like full ass paying attention and like yeah, I mean, I think that, like, it'll be just really interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know. And again, I, we were talking about this before, too. I don't know. Personally, I I don't know. I don't think Arteta will do this. But personally, I would be okay with him if he decided to rest a couple people on Friday. Because in all honesty, I would prefer him to throw the FA Cup and throw the Europa League. Because honestly, the only point of the Europa League is to get into the Champions League. And you're going to get And we're going to get in. Though I don't think he's going to do that with two trophies on the like I don't think he's going no, to. No, I don't. But I wouldn't be upset I if I don't he think he's going to throw the he's not going to throw the shot of getting you know. Especially because they legitimately could win the Europa League, right? Like they legitimately could win the Europa League. They legitimately could win the league and if they beat City, they could legitimately win that yeah, pick up. So like I, I you're think that, like so, like, he's not going to, but I guess my point is that, like, it'll definitely, if they lose the city on Friday, I think it's going to put... It's certainly not the pressure. end of the world. 
it's not the end of the world. I think it puts some extra pressure on them. Um, and honestly, like, it's going to be really interesting because obviously, like we're saying, like, they play kind of the same game. Like, mm-hmm. and you saw it this last year, too, when they played, especially in the first game where it looked like, I mean, last year when Arsenal and City played, everyone was like, oh, Arsenal was like the only team all season to like give them a run for their money. Mm-hmm. I, I really remember that game because we ended up I remember it, after yeah. all of it but like you know like yeah and I and it I would was, say yeah. that Arsenal is definitely better than they were, than they were then. last year and I I would argue City is worse than they were and like you know year. like we're gonna have to handle Holland and like we're gonna have to hope our midfield holds up and like also I think we'll have to adjust to potentially not having the ball all the time which mm-hmm is not easy, but like City will have to handle us having a ball a lot. So like it, it's just gonna. It's, here's it's, it's gonna be an. Interesting I think it's game. gonna be a really interesting game, and here's why. I think in terms of the Premier League, for City from a City perspective, it's a win-win, because I think getting. I think a City is at their lowest point in the season right now. I do yeah. not think. Like they've hit their bottom. I don't think they might not get back up or they might go up. I they're not gonna get worse. Yeah. So I think we're at our lowest point right now. Um, or I think we were at our lowest point in the Manchester Derby, essentially. Um, and I think win or lose on Friday, Pep is gonna be taking a notebook full of notes. Yeah. Um, because it almost it almost sucks that this game is getting played first. Like not like because no, no I, from your perspective from my perspective yeah. I'm so glad that we get to play you before we get to play in the Premier League because a it gives me and Pep and the players a little bit of a taste of what we might get and it gives Pep time to plan and it gets the players I think if if City wins City gets a lot of confidence from that win um, I think if City wins, they get a lot of confidence. They go, we can beat them. We, you know, we know what we're dealing with. There's not a ton of time between this and when they play in the Premier League. It's just about two weeks. Yeah, um, it's just not. It just so it's so it's not enough time for things to, to like significantly change um, for either team. Likely, you know, barring you know big contact injury, but um, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully that doesn't happen to anybody. But. Yeah. I it just it gives it gives a lot of con- uh, confidence to like build momentum for City. If we lose, it's one less competition to worry about in a year that we're very much gunning for the Champions League, and we're like chasing down a title. So one more, one more competition to like not have to worry about. Um, and then the other thing is it tells us where all of our weak spots are, and and Pep is good at plugging spots when he sees them and it wouldn't surprise me if pep tried some funky things um pep i feel like there's a good chance pep treats this as a trial run where he tries something weird just to see what happens yeah because he likes doing that and i honestly yes it's an fa cup tie It, it matters there's a there's a trophy at the end of this whole thing but in many ways it feels like there's not that much on the line. I feel um, like it feels that way for both teams, which is why, like, it's just good. It's just both kind of teams, interesting that, like, yeah, after I feel like all both teams it, 
would like to win the FA Cup, but neither team are like, we have to win the FA Cup. I also think the, it's funny uh, because, like, teams after, have bigger fish to fry. Yeah, and after everything, like, there's been so much suspense about, like, us playing because, obviously, we didn't play in the fall when we were supposed to. And I feel like it's mm-hmm. kind of funny that, like, after all of that suspense in the Premier League, like, we're playing in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Like, yeah, it's and, just and, it's just funny. It's just like, yeah. oh, like, why? Like, And we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I actually think it is probably to City's detriment that they have to play Arsenal twice in the second half of the season because I think when they were supposed to play last year, City was in a pretty good run of form, or in the fall last year. Um, And City was in a really good run of form. And not that Arsenal wasn't, but City was in a much better form than they are right now. I think it's going to be really hard. I mean, we were just talking, like, just other competitions too. Like, I think the worry with Arsenal is that they just, I mean, they've tried to get the depth, but they don't have the same depth as City. And, like, that's going to be hard. Like, that is going to be hard, which is why, like, the question of do we just not really care about the other things, like, come up. And here's the other thing, too, is that I think when City is firing on all pistons in their front line, the, the their offensive group right now, which honestly, they kind of are. They've scored seven goals in three halves. Yeah. In their last three halves of, of in the last, you know, 120 minutes. Of 135 minutes, whatever it is, of football. Yeah. But I do think City have some defensive vulnerabilities. I would not be shocked. If Arsenal City is a high scoring game, yeah, I could see it being a four three. I could see it being a three two. And I don't know which way. I think that's you know pick your poison. But I could see it being a high scoring game both ways because City's got some defensive issues, and Arsenal has way too talented of a of a forward line that I think even if City was feeling good defensively, they would probably still we probably still wouldn't keep a clean sheet. But I think especially with their defensive issues, they're going to score goals. Yeah. The question is, does De Bruyne in particular roll up? Yeah. Because he's been hot and cold. The his assist on one of Holland's goals at the weekend was classic De Bruyne, but he's been he's struggled a little bit recently. If if classic De Bruyne shows up, City's gonna score goals. If classic De Bruyne doesn't show up, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I just think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. I just think it's going to be fun. I mean, like, everyone's kind of been waiting for it. They're right to have been waiting for it. Like, it's just going to be fun. Like, I think it's going to be entertaining. I think it's going to be a high level. And I think both teams are going to go at it because both teams think they can win. And I think that that's both just going to be fun. think they can win. And both teams don't have a ton to lose in this particular matchup. Yeah. So I think that – and I also think it makes it probably more fun for you and I as observers in the sense that neither of us is going to be, like – upset if we lose oh or like like I'm not again unless it is something along the lines of like the way we lost against Man United where like the refereeing is a mess like I'm and like that changes the game I'm not gonna like lose my shit if City loses like so it's just gonna be fun uh (laughs) 
the Bundesliga is back, our second favorite league. Woo, woo, woo. Woo, woo, woo. And we love with the them comes Dortmund being a classic in late minute winners. And Gio yeah, Dortmund silencing had, everyone. Yeah. Dortmund has had two very entertaining games um, in their first two games back. The first one in particular was bananas. Um, goals. Seven goals. It was literally back and forth. It was like goal, 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 goal. It was crazy. Um, Giorena scored the game-winning goal in that game off the bench. He came in again this afternoon um, and scored another game-winning goal in injury time today. Um the goal at the weekend was a golasso, an absolute like rocket. It was yeah. an absolute banger. Um, this goal this weekend was a set piece. Um, he knocked in off. Uh, it was like a corner to a head to his foot. Um, yeah. But yeah, really interesting stuff. Um, Gio Reyna, I maintain, is going to move somewhere this summer. Um, but after all the sort of mess following the World Cup, um that involved Gio Reyna it is he certainly seems to be saying it ain't my problem I'm just putting I'm just here putting the ball in the net um, and I think too I think it's funny because I think that the and I think that they've done this like the entire Dortmund club has been backing him like they're all like mm-hmm. I don't, we don't Listen, know what all of about. these his attitude's great yeah. his teammates are behind like I don't think that there's all of the attitude things around the U.S. seem to be isolated to the U.S. Um, the, nobody has had anything even remotely there has not even been any whispers of anything untoward with him or his parents or that whole mess at Dortmund yeah. he has been you know Seems to have been minding his business. But nonetheless, um, yeah, just, nonetheless, uh... he, he scored two game-winning goals in two games. Um, so a good a good start for him coming I off the break. I will say, Dortmund looks good. Bellingham, I think, was out the second game because he had got a yellow mm-hmm. card. Um, mm-hmm. He looked great the first game, though. I would. I mean, okay, Dortmund, inconsistent is all hell. Like, who knows? But if they play well, I see them. They could they could make a stab, nice little run in the Champions League. They're gonna beat the living shit out of Chelsea. Oh God, <laughs> save us! That'll I knew it was somebody. Time. I knew it was somebody. If this Dortmund shows up to play Chelsea, Chelsea is getting their ass beat. But bye. That would actually be really really funny though, because like. There's so many like random Dortmund players on Chelsea, aka like Pulisic and like Obama Yang, and it would just mm-hmm. be funny. I it would not surprise me if they just go up and ball out. Because Dortmund's issue is defense and Chelsea has no offense. Yeah. So <laughs> also Dortmund <laughs> probably Dortmund is like leads, but like better. Yeah. <laughs> I understand. That's the best I way that. of describing them. That's good um, way. Yep. But I actually think that they probably could buckle it down on defense if they like really had to. Like they'd really they have to put their minds. They've had to their it. moments. They have had their moments. Every, but they just like to bomb forward and ball out. I think they think that they're gonna do what they have been doing. Like I think they think they're gonna just score again, which like I guess they haven't been wrong. That's one way to do it. <laughs> but I guess like if that's the one way to do it, go for it. One way to defend is by stopping the other team from scoring 
the other way to defend is just score more goals than the other team is scoring. I'm a terrible goal so, differential, but who cares? You know, whatever. Our soccer, our soccer tip of the day, our soccer tip of the day just is score who needs defense goals. when you have goals. Um. So here we are. Any last words? Any last predictions? Thoughts? Um, my last words are that the WSL needs oh, to fucking yes. sort their shit out because can we have pitches that are functional? Not please? freezing. Not, not freezing. freezing. So you don't have to cancel every single one of your freaking games. There is absolutely no reason that they shouldn't just work it out so that the weekends that the the men's teams are away, the women's teams are at home. And they should play in the same stadiums. Yeah. And I know that for the Arsenal game, they had they had they had almost been able to play at the Emirates, but I think that there was like already scheduled like maintenance happening on the pitch that like needed to happen. But sure, like, but what I'm saying is No, that I agree. As a blanket statement. Premier League clubs that have WSL clubs as well, that have a men and a women's team playing in the first division, both of the the stadium should be the club stadium. It shouldn't be the men's stadium. It should be the club stadium. So that, yeah, yeah, and that yeah, they should, and that yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the Premier League and the Super League should sure. put their little brain cells together in one pot and just make their schedules. Because the WSL plays a lot fewer games anyway. And also, just they've proven that they will fill it. the stadiums. Yes, they will. They will fill the stadiums, and then schedule. You could schedule them so that they there would be time for both teams to play. Yeah, and all you would have to really make sure is like, okay, if which like, like let's say like there is a men's North London derby at Tottenham, then like hopefully. Like, that's the only area that might be hard is, like, then if there's a home game for the women at the Emirates. I don't know, like, logistically how that type of thing would work. But I'm sure, sure there would be some logistical. And figure it out. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, the pitches would require a little bit more maintenance if there's, you know, more yeah. games being played on them. Yeah. But nonetheless, it very much could be done. Um, and I think it should be. But even if they're not going to do that, sort out your fucking undersoil heating situation so that it's ridiculous that they the, the pitch is not a fucking ice rink. Yeah, you don't think that like you couldn't have figured this out? Like, come on, it's um, ridiculous. It's absurd. So... It's ridiculous. Anyways. Anyway, that's, that's our that point of annoyance and anger. And if no one is watching the WSL who listens to this podcast, you definitely should. It's some very, very good football being played. Um, and it's quite entertaining. But with that. Oh, also next week, we will probably talk about the U.S. men's national team friendlies. Anything else? No nope. gun. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.